This is Bird here with part two and no other than AG and Greg. They're going to follow it up and they're going to bring it home to mama and daddy. Hey, stay safe. Love you guys. Yeah, I, we all want to get better at everything that we're doing. And so like like one, one of the things that i like really stoked to have AG here is like I started training grappling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In 2017, shake I, so I, I, insert shake weight emoji. <laughs> in 2011, I was in a, uh, I was on a traffic stop that went bad, really bad. It was after a, a big bad snow blizzard, and there was a bunch of snow packed into the, the uh, ditches, and I was fighting this guy up into my waist in snow, and he's much bigger than me, more athletic, everything, you know, and better looking. Um, and it's to, like a three to yeah, the point that scale. to the point that during the fight I'm actually throwing up and I'm like barfing oh, wow. I'm barfing on the guy because of how you much a better looking he was than you yeah he you was one of those chairs. much better looking I didn't make this possible like you're looking at him going this guy is so much better I'm just gonna throw up on his face yeah, yeah. So I threw up over will, his shoulder actually I that would make bystanders maybe freaking understand <laughs> that like gross maybe that this, oh my god that cop's ugly but that guy with vomit on his face is even uglier yeah <laughs> hey they're calling 911 there's two ugly motherfuckers out here fighting each other one of them's wearing a police uniform. <laughs> One of them's going to throw up. There's vomit everywhere. <laughs> I went sideways so quick. No, it's a serious No, but for, it's real. Serious. <laughs> but for real. So, you know, I had, I had relied upon my uh, age, uh, athleticism, you know, <laughs> speed, surprise, violence of action bullshit that we always talk about. And I can see red, flip the switch. Hey, you know? If I die, you got to do chest compression. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I was exposed at that point in time that I was like, I had this guy that was bigger, stronger, faster than me. Better looking. Better looking. <laughs> There's not much I can do about. Larger penis probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, at least I'm not saying size. that you got necessarily got to that, but maybe. I, it crossed my mind. No, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, full disclosure. I, I absolutely thought about that. Um, but I, you know, in the middle of puking and thinking about the size of his penis, I thought, Everything I know how to do, defensive tactics-wise, was out the window. I didn't... The next step was to shoot and kill the guy, okay? He was he was unarmed, but he was definitely a threat. Probably would have been justified in doing this because it was getting out of control fast. And I was all by myself, 20 miles from the nearest backup. Ugly I, as hell. Uglier than a sunbag. I'm ugly. Uglier than a homemade fence. <laughs> Just, just trying to do it, man. <laughs> so that, that's, this story. I love him. God, is there a point to the story? It's gone on for like an hour and a half. Of course, AG's had wrote them like 29 times. <laughs> this is the worst story So my story point is, to try to give this guy story. a compliment. <laughs> to try to give AG a compliment. It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's that kind of story. <laughs> I start, it, it was like, I start training jujitsu. And then I find out that AG's got some jujitsu skills and grappling skills. Yeah, I don't have any jujitsu skills. <laughs> and and so I, 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 he gets down to the academy. I start going down there. It's about the time I start in jujitsu, and you know he's showing me stuff that's going to make me one hundred percent better on handling that exact scenario in the future. And 
what's wild is it's like immediately strike his face to make it ugly. Yeah, it's like this guy is ugly, so he understands my plight. <laughs> going Just him. a couple ugly dudes, yeah. right? And that's when we were doing naked jujitsu, <laughs> which made it all that much weirder. Yeah. Because Greg was like, I don't do jujitsu with clothes on. I'm like, I'm up for anything. I mean, I don't. And then AG's like, I will submit you with eye contact alone. That was so good. So anyway, okay. Special moment. Yeah, there's a point coming somewhere. But my point is that. Oh, there's a point. Oh, go ahead. I want to hear it. My my point is is that we had had three instructors at the academy at that point in time that were, were skilled grapplers that taught people like me to train safely, train repeatedly, frequently, to naked. be able to, to frequently force naked <laughs> and develop a skill set that's going to help me in that scenario. Because, you know, as I was getting older, my experience was increasing, which sh- should mean that I should be able to find bad guys more easily because I've got this experience. But now I'm aging out of that because I'm losing my ability to fight these people. You know, it's kind of like showing up at the circus and being surprised you find clowns. I'm out there looking <laughs> for bad guys. Yeah, and then all point. of a sudden I need to go fight a bad guy. And I'm like, holy crap. I, all of a sudden I'm... 40 years old and I'm not being able to fight a 20 year old guy yeah. any longer but working with AG uh, working with the other guys edit that asked me <laughs> you know I, I started finding out that I could start doing this you know now I'm 45 years old and I'm 45 I'm 45 God, dude damn, yeah. you don't look a day over yeah. 65 <laughs> you're halfway dead I'm just yeah, you are literally halfway dead. No, for real, you're halfway dead. I or more. Often consider that, I think. I'm not yeah. trying to point AG out, but he's really close behind you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dude, I'll, I'll be lucky if I make through any of this freaking hey, the way you video or whatever yeah. we're doing here. <laughs> not a camera up. But yeah, <laughs> not a it's a video. Whatever this thing is. <laughs> your wires thing hooked up to everything. Into. Freaking Shmi shows up and she starts wiring this, this undisclosed location. Up. And I'm like, what in the hell are we doing? But I, I look at like the legacy that 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 you've got yeah. is that you've. you've it's been not the to, legacy I have. I get. I it. inherited that, and you you know who I'm talking about, and you know who. Yeah. Is the people you're talking about? Is that like I barely carried their water? In all seriousness. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. That's a hundred. That's a hundred percent. I'm going to interrupt for a second because I met AG at the the academy. Mm-hmm. Right, and he actually—I don't know—he doesn't remember this, I'm sure, but he started on my last on my class, so he walked in, and I really like towards the end of my class, yeah. Wow. And I thought, who's this freaking guy? You know, because you you automatically start sizing up him, sizing yeah, him like, up, right? Yeah, like his chin's bigger than mine. Bigger yeah, than he's mine. got this chin that's just like a, again cinder block. It's just so square. And then I went back to the academy three and a half. Somewhere three, yeah. three and a half years later, mm-hmm. and got to working with him. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's exited the room now because he, <laughs> he, he will not take a compliment. Mm-hmm. No, he will not do it. He's terrible at that. But when I started working with this guy, I mean, I remember telling Smee, this guy is, I've never met someone like him, and I'm going to compliment you too. And then I met you because Smee had asked how I met you. I'm like, I don't know. I think I just walked in one day and you called me gun show and we just started chit You guys were just. Yeah, the bromance began. Yeah. The bromance and began. The bro- I, and so. Yeah, but you two have a different, you affect people differently, and AG has an effect on, specifically, I'm going to say new hires, 
and they just love to listen to him and hang on every word that he says mm-hmm. because he's straightforward with them. He doesn't BS, and what he says is gold. And again, he ain't going to listen to it, but it's true. And what a sophisticate here is he sucks Yeah, as, as he's sucking foam off of a Sam Adam before it hits the table. Hey, man, that's that's delicious beer. <laughs> Try that. But I think they put butter in it, real Try butter. that. Like Sam Adams is just some like... <laughs> <laughs> they put butter in that? Sam Adams is a little heavy. I hope they put butter in it. It ain't butter. It. There's no butter in that. I guarantee there's butter anyway, in Anyway, see, he's not going to take a compliment. He won't take a compliment. But right. I'm going to say this, too, real quick. Did you know that he was not only a national but an international oh, instructor of the year? Yeah, yeah. That, actually, hey, listen, he, those awards are all bullshit, and hey, you hey, know that as well. He as can I do. say BS as much as he wants, but there are people that get things when you go, "God dang, it's about time that guy got mm-hmm. recognized," and he was that guy. So sweet. yeah. I wish you weren't here for these compliments, but <laughs> yeah, we'll edit them out. <laughs> Deserves every one of those yes. that he's gotten. That's a I huge don't. accomplishment. It's not something that sits on many people's uh, resumes. I tell you what accomplishments thing. are. Are you ready? Let's hear it. <laughs> so everybody pull out your pen and paper. This is. <laughs> I tell you what accomplishments are. Is that this is it's going to get kind of heavy, but the first one of the first officers that I ever trained that was involved in a shooting. After he was involved in a shooting. Obviously, he lived through it. And he called me and he said, you taught me X, 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 and X. And that saved my life. And it still makes the hair on my arms stand up when I tell that story. Every time I tell that story. And it and it did two things. It validated what I think I was doing. But it also made me go, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Because um, to go back to this idea of service to other people, it's like... That person, which I, I still know this guy, and he has a wife, and he has kids, and I remember having a conversation with my wife shortly after that, where it was like, this is bigger than me, and it's bigger than what I thought it was, mm-hmm. when you're teaching people. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But that's why you need that, that, I say need, that's not, that's why you deserve that recognition, because number one, you don't want it, and number two, the way you view those things... And that's why people want to hear from you because they respect what you just said. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, but, it's true. But it, I mean, at the end of the day, is it's like I hope you never believe that because that'll keep you super hungry. Yeah, I like that. What? Yeah, hungry dog runs fastest. So I hope you uh, unless he's ne- in a chair, never accept these compliments. <laughs> God, just a dog in a chair for crying. Out. I mean, seriously, that's where we're at. Again, monkeys on the moon right now. <laughs> like, what, September 11, 2013, what is this, 23? Something like that. Whatever. They're doing monkey experiments on the moon, and I'm building a dog chair so a dog can eat and not throw up. Is this episode going to be named Dog Chair? <laughs> like we've talked about yeah, dog chairs. Yeah, we usually pick the, mo- the most reoccurring like, theme. <laughs> so, chair. yeah, that's that's been the... It's just we'll, spin you, we'll spin you back onto it, though. So yeah. It's, it's, this, it's this concept of, you know, being able to provide people with those tools to be able to have them succeed in those worst moments of their life. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where I really... I would love to be an instructor... I wish that I wasn't encumbered by where I live 
But what and you what you guys get to do every day just the is fucking absolute hideousness of who you are. It, <laughs> what you guys get to do every day in that spot is, I think, extremely motivating because we're asking people to do something that is not extremely desirable, especially in this day and age. Yeah, for sure. But now I think we're in this spot where we're like, this is really fucking hard. This is a really huge responsibility. It's not for everyone. Yeah, but so imagine in the let's future. See, how let's see who it is that has the guts to come do it. Mm-hmm. And then exactly. when I start seeing those people show up, I'm just stunned by the people that we get to come in through those doors. And I'm like, man, this is the best of humanity right here. Yeah, when everything's good, right? <clears throat> and you get people that are like, hey, the cops are heroes or whatever. Yeah, it's easy. And you got people that come in the door and they're like, hey, I want to get on team hero. Right. Yeah. It's like being a firefighter, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to be a firefighter all the time. Go that far. I mean, I don't want to be a firefighter. I'm not work. a gay, but other than that. <laughs> yeah, say you're straight. But it's me, leave it in. But to that point, it was, I was, uh, you know, it's just like the... <laughs> God, your torp- your podcast is torpedoed. Yeah. This <laughs> you is were the last time. This is who we talked to. Man. This, this is the last look. time. Look, there's a firefighter or two that are going. I'm gonna hunt him down. And I'm gonna kill him. But listen, good luck, buddy. They're, they're gonna, <laughs> that's the thing. They're gonna earn it. <laughs> they better pack a ham sandwich. Yeah, it's gonna take you all day. You pack a lunch for a day or two. It'll be fine. But I, I think or that those uh, those opportunities or it won't. I see those those people that come in and want to get into the profession with the toughest time. Because even when I came in in 2001, fresh off 9-11, everybody thought we were cool. Mm -hmm. And then it's like 2014 comes along and boom, that's all gone. And all of a sudden we're the bad guys and we're the bad guys for a long time. Yeah, because when did you start the Academy? 17. Yeah. 15. That's a lie. Okay, back check. 15, sorry. Too many whiskeys. Fifteen. But, but yeah, that, what a what a terrible time to come in because it wasn't just like on the heels of Ferguson. Now it's like everybody's digested that. The mm-hmm. movement's gotten going to really talk about abolishing policing. And you don't even know what the profession's going to look like when you get into right. it and get out of the academy, let alone you know what it's going to look like by the time you retire. And uh, I, I think all of us sitting in this room are like, hey, we're the type of people that want to be that it, those agents have changed to see that policing becomes something that everybody feels like they benefit from. Yeah. Okay. Except mm. for the criminal element who want to victimize others. Mm. Um, I want, I want our area to be the most feared area to be uh, a criminal. Um, and I'm, I'm adamant about that, man. It's just like everybody I can get in front There's of it. Butter and Sam Adams, I guarantee you. It tastes I'm like Google it. delicious. But I'm thinking that if we can, there has to be. It's just so good. How do we how do we replicate these people at this point in time? And well, I tell you how. There's two ways. AI. <laughs> and I'm mon- thinking this is going to be great. Oh, he said AI. And, okay. and monkeys on the freaking moon. That's it. If we can accomplish those two things, I'm pretty sure that we can replicate some really cool cops. And I think we got people in this room right here that are. Uh, critical towards accomplishing yeah. that because it's a really tough job and we're not going to sell it to people who don't want to be cops or they're or are disenchanted with what, what it is we actually do you know it's not like we're making tiktok videos and trying to impress the people with our ability to do the um no, you know, no crate challenge exactly 
and then actually go out there and impact the criminal element right. that are victimizing our society and try to have a, a, you know, an effective, ethical, moral, constitutional approach to doing that. And I think that's uh, really motivating to me to see that we got people that still want to do this job. So it's like every time I go and talk to the new hires, I'm like, why are you even here? What, what, what brought you here? I want to hear the real story right. because, it, you know, you've got the people that are either like, oh, man, I, I want to make, you know, whatever. We used to call them the HR people. And it was what they said during their interview. Yeah. Oh my God, I want to make a difference in their arms. You're doing this. I want to make a difference, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hey, you got the job. Tell me why you're here. Yeah. Tell me what you want to do. Is it because you're uh, power hungry or is it exactly. because you want to make a difference? Exactly. And it's like, as soon as I can sort out those people that are power hungry and get them out of the agency yeah. altogether. Because you suck at life and you need to leave and go do something else. Absolutely. Go work at Bass Pro. That's exactly right. <laughs> Sell fishing rods. <laughs> Liquor yeah. guns and ammo. Man. Yeah. <laughs> do a terrible job for you. Which Liquor are the three? Fishing rods. Those, are the, th- those <laughs> are the three food groups, by the way. Didn't when you guys get into it, I know you, I know you, that really the thing that enticed you about being in the patrol or specically the patrol was the examples of troopers personally yeah i mean so we used to run unofficial polls in the academy about that question. great and that was we would we would ask people ask the recruits that would come in and we we're like how many of you all were recruited and like one or two hands would show up and you know and it's like blah 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 and overwhelmingly what we'd run into is that those people first of all had a high failure rate Mm-hmm. They would leave early. And the reason they leave early because recruiting is selling. And if you're selling people into law enforcement, you're wrong. Because those people are being pulled into a profession that is not a profession. It's a lifestyle and a calling. Mm-hmm. And so if you're pulling people into that, <clears throat> in the back of their life, they're going, or in the back of their mind, they're going, I could go to a Quick Trip and be a manager at Quick Trip and make just as much money, not get spit on, not get yelled at, not get called a f- jackbooted thug, mm-hmm. blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Not get tired, not get wet, and go make the same amount of money. And so if we're pulling those people away from that, like what they think that right. they want to do is like, hey, I got an app in it, and I'm not bad man with Quick Trip. They have delicious freaking hot dogs. Yeah. 100%. Condiments, microwave, on the go. By the way, AG's the only guy I've ever seen Bill eat five at one time. Dude, I'm telling you, I can f- show on it. So, it's like I, Cool Hand Luke with hot dogs. Yeah, without no even leaving a tooth mark. So, Cool Hand Luke is probably the best movie. Yeah. Paul Under Newman. It. So, I got man crushes on about five dudes, and it's coming. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman, mm-hmm. without question. Same. Yeah. Uh, Clearly me and Greg. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Tom Hanks. He's, he's, a, moment it's us. he's achievable for you. Um, Harrison Ford. Okay. Um, he's not there in age. And what's the what's Matthew the? McConaughey. It's either it's either oh, Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Oh, Thank you, shit. The natural baby. Go on. He's got a lightning bolt on a bat. Yeah. So is it in that order? Because I 100 percent agree with Paul no, Newman. No, it's not in that order. Oh, okay. that, that bounces around. Paul Newman's Watch not out, number one. getting worked up over Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Shitney's freaking Swayze crazy. I know, and it's great. Shitney's Swayze crazy, so I get it. And I'm not Swayze crazy, because his head is disproportionately big. Now, (laughs) having said that, he is good in the movie where he's fighting all the people. Roadhouse. 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 Yeah. Roadhouse. Roadhouse Roadhouse kicking people. No. Ripping out throats. All right, let's let's go back. No, there's a legitimate point in there somewhere before I got all freaking wimbly nimbly. All right, so if we're if we're recruiting people 
from other professions and we're drawing them in into law enforcement, how, like, it's not something that you draw people into. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you go, we want you to come here and we're going to provide this package that's going to make you come here. Because then what you're getting is an employee that may or may not stick around, but the, what they're not is is engaged in the in the true calling of law enforcement, right? Yeah. Which is, again... Helping other people. Service to other, service people, other people, right? Yeah. And so, um, when we would have those unofficial polls, we would overwhelmingly find that it's like, okay, how many of y'all have been recruited? One or two hands show up. Those people are going to leave. And then we go, how many of you all are here because of somebody that you knew? That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's why you're here, mm-hmm. right? Family yeah. members, people yeah. you knew. Yeah. Same. Same thing, right? And so you go, okay, our recruiting efforts, and I'm not bad-mouthing anybody that <clears> recruits, <throat> but our recruiting efforts are focused on drawing those people in. Those aren't the people we want, frankly. Right. We want the people that go, okay, I have been shown um, a realistic like understanding of what it is that you do. That's why I'm here. I had substitute teachers that were troopers. And I went, man, and I can't explain it now. I went, I want to be what those people are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I can't exp- I can't I can't put it into words what it was, except that that was it. Yeah, even though I gotten into an internet beef recently with one of my childhood heroes, um that <laughs> guy was one of those people Who's that, that? We'll talk later. <laughs> but that was one of those guys right there that was like, I watched how he did his job. Um, and then I saw all these troopers come, or these officers come through my area. And I was like, man, I'd like to do that. It's because area. They, they it had, is area. Is it? Yeah. What's that? I think that it's a hard R. Area. Okay. They, they came through the area that I worked that I thought were just, area. they had their stuff together they were they were trained well. They knew how to handle stuff. I was like, man, that's 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 what I want to do. They did they did they did a great job doing it, and I want to replicate that. And yeah, it was absolutely. It wasn't nobody. Nobody had to contact me to try to you know to get into this job. It was that was my calling. And I I feel like if we're trying to shove it down somebody's throat that that's what yes. they want to do, it's never going to work. Yeah. We're enticing people to be here. It's almost like selling a product to somebody. It's like, yeah. this is the tie you want. People are going, yeah, I like a purple tie. And they're like, no, but purple's stupid, by the way. But you're <laughs> like, no, you should have a red tie. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. We're selling them what we want them to have versus what truly they want. And, and guess what? When they get there and they see what it's like, they go, this isn't the kind of craziness I thought it was. Right. Because I was, sold a bit, I was sold a purple tie and what I realized is it's a, it's a freaking red yeah. tie. I don't wear ties. Ties are stupid. It's a good way to get choked. But, <laughs> right? It's a really good point. You're right. Unless they're clip on, it's 106 outside, and you should definitely be wearing one. You know, that's, you know I said in the, oh in the first God, time that I was, I was here with you guys, it's like every contact matters. Yeah. Um, yes. It, because, man, when I was growing up, I got stopped one time by a guy with a big hat. And I was like, holy smokes. I was treated polite, professional, yep. fairly, even though it didn't go the way that I wished it would have gone with like a warning. I got handled in a professional way. And I didn't leave there feeling like 
I've been raw and everything like that. In a professional way, you should unpack God. that. Was, I, I know. I, no, I, just, I glossed over that. Curious though. what you mean. Do it. I, well, just, I mean, when you hear somebody say something like that, it really is like a cry for help. Way. Like I got to handle it in a professional way. No, it, it means in the best way possible. That that even though I got a ticket for that event, I was still just impressed with how they handled the job. And that's a tough balance to strike. So when you see people get out of our profession and they go into some other career field and they have success here, I'm like, you'll have no problem yeah. doing whatever it is you're getting ready to do because you just talked somebody into being happy with a $250 traffic ticket. Right. And it's it's an easy sell at that point for whatever else they might be doing. But I, mm -hmm. I admire all those people that came before is that that did that in a way that made me want to do this career because they're just, yeah, they never let me down. And yeah, the violator never walks away from a traffic stop unchanged. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, for the good. I mean, the and they may get stopped, even like people that are habitual offenders get stopped, you know, whatever, a hundred times in their lifetime. They never walk away and go, and indifferent, right? Go, and eh, that's kind of the way it was. And we run into those people all the time where it's like, the last cop treated me like this. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. whatever. And and I think we invalidate that a lot. Mm -hmm. I know I have. But we're saying, well, the last cop treated me like shit. You know, you get somebody who's like, what the fuck do you want? And it's like, hey, I stopped you because of this. Well, the last guy treated me like shit. I'm not that guy. Right. Right? I'm going to treat you fair, and I'm going to treat you professionally, and I expect you to treat me the same way. The point is, is that when we would talk, to your point, when we would talk to the recruits about that, we would say, hey, just understand you're going to do this for a living, and you're going to contact people in in enforcement situations all the time, understand and look at it from their perspective and their point of view, and that is is that when they get stopped, it is a, at least in the short term, a life-altering event. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they walk away from that differently. <clears throat> they either have a better or a worse perception of not only law enforcement, but of the agency. And you need to think that all of those matter, and because they matter... Are you making them, are you are you conducting yourself in a way that's going to make them walk away going, man, I had it coming to your extent. Yeah. I had it coming, but that guy or gal treated me the way I expect police Fairly. to treat yeah. freaking citizens of the United States mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. versus, man, that person treated me like shit and they didn't have to. Yeah. Right. I want to go to a, a time that I was personally stopped prior to law enforcement. So I was in college. I was dating a girl up in like the Kansas City area. It was deer season, so I had coveralls on. I had killed a deer like the day before, covered in blood. Why didn't you shower? Is my because I'm nasty. Because he's dating a girl from Kansas City. <laughs> She's from Kansas City. So anyway, uh, well, also, hey, I was already up there, so I was like, killed the deer up there. So I'm oh, in okay. coveralls that are covered in so blood. So you're hunting in Kansas City. Well, it's, it's actually Hume, Missouri, which is like a town. I think it's pronounced Hume. I think the H is silent. I think it's like, it's like a Y. It's, it's Hume. Hume, Missouri. <laughs> so, and I was like, I looked like a dirtbag then. So I had like long hair. It's pretty much nothing's changed. I had like I long hair. This picture. <laughs> it's just uh, highlights in it, seashell necklace, <laughs> that type of d bag, and overalls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, covered, covered in blood. Overalls with so like, yeah, uh, covered in sketchies. deer blood. What were you and driving? A 93 Mustang. Check this out. That I painted with spray paint. Mm. All right. I'm on uh, It was that. black. 
I painted a van. White once. racing stripe. <laughs> white panel van. What music were you listening to at the time? Uh, so I, around this time, probably ACDC. I mean, I'm just cruising. I'm all right with Definitely it. Definitely cruising. Vanilla Ice on this. It, it was probably there. It was on the list. Yeah. But probably at this time, because I'm good doing 88 and a 70. And a trooper stops me. Pulls me over. Pulls me back to the car. And he's talking to me. And... Asked me what I'm doing. I said, I was doing 88 miles an hour. Didn't lie about anything. Why I'm, why I'm covered in blood. Well, I'm kind of nervous. Like, God, he's going to think I killed somebody, right? So I told him about the whole deer thing. Anyway, ends up writing me a ticket, which, you know, is what it is. I, I was doing what I was doing, so I got what I got because I did what I did, but wrote me a ticket for it. And at the end, I said, hey, man, I'm not trying to get out of a ticket. You've already given it to me, but I'm really interested in what you do because of the way you treated me. And so the guy said, oh, if you're interested, here's my card. Gave me his card. So I put it in my wallet. And I fast- think it's Wale, I think. I, yeah, so I put it in my Wale. And fast forward, I couldn't get hired with, with this agency, so I ended up going to city cop for four years, and I ended up becoming a county deputy for a year. Then finally, I got hired here, and sure enough, I got stationed to the zone next to the guy that had no stopped kidding. Oh, no kidding. That's yeah, cool. I, yeah, I haven't really told this story much, but I had that guy's card in my wallet. So Wale. we Wale, yeah. guys got my Wale. So we got on a uh, checkpoint together. So I went up to him and I said, "Hey man, I know you're not going to remember this, but I told you then that I was interested in this agency. Here was your car that you gave me." Of course, he didn't remember. I mean, oh, how many traffic awesome. stops had he made? But yeah. because of the way he treated me, made me interested in not only becoming, you know, or, or working for this agency, but becoming. A law enforcement officer in general. Right. So we do have those lasting effects on people. And now he's, you know, he's getting close to retirement. But uh, I still have his card in like a little shadow box at home. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah, part of tribute cool. to that person's, uh, you know, conduct that just, I think is probably just day-to-day behavior for that person. Yeah. And that's why I say every contact matters because you never know, um, you know, this, I, this is credit to good parents right here. It's my mom, I, I call her St. Barbara of Macon, and she told Happy me... Happy recent birthday, by the way. Yes, yeah, yeah, she's uh, 80 years old, man. She still works damn near full-time. Uh, Michael Jordan of, of nursing. Um, she she told me a story, uh, two different stories. One was this kid was uh, bullied all throughout uh, his school years, and he was walking home carrying a pile of books in his arms, and they all fell out of his hands. And this kid stopped and helped him pick up his books and helped him carry him back to his house. And uh, later on, that kid becomes valedictorian of his class several years later. Hmm. And he tells the stories like, if it wasn't for this kid who helped me when my books were knocked down, I wouldn't be in this spot right now because I was going home to kill myself. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's such a wild story. Wow. She's like, never forget the impact that you have on others. And then she tells us another story. It talks about this, this person that... that wrote a suicide note and walked seven miles to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and then jumped off the bridge and killed themselves and said, if one person smiles at me, this is what the suicide note said, if one person smiles at me, I won't jump. And so it left an impact with me because I, you know, what kind of traumatic to hear that from your mom telling you this story, but that's, it was like the power of your one action and what it may have, what it may mean to somebody else. It really matters. And so I will always hold the door open for somebody. I always try to do say something to um, be that person that, you know, just influences somebody's day in a positive way. 
and that's what I think that our, our agency is particularly good at when we do it right, is that those people recognize that type of impact and capitalize on it and get a, a great hire like you to come along. I, I just, I hang on to those stories from what she told me and just apply it to the job. And it's just like, I, maybe it doesn't work, maybe it does work, but you, you know, to use a Bible verse, you know, you sow your mustard seeds hoping that one of them takes root. And some of them will take root and this person will you know, go and make a better light bulb and some people will go on and be a, a cop somewhere. But somewhere in between, you know, is the, the impact that we have. I just think that that story speaks volumes of that person's character day in, day out. And then also to yours, that you recognize that in another person to say, I could do that. I would enjoy doing that. I'd like to do it myself. How do I go about doing that? I think that's cool. And that is yeah. not us going out there enticing people to try to come and do what we right. do. It's speaking to something that's primal in all of us that says, don't you want to be better? And don't mm. you want to be better helping other people? And you're like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it wearing this goofy ass uniform that fuck sucks in the heat. With the sweet hat, though. Fucking sweet. God dang it, thanks. It's sweet. a polywool blend. So it's... <laughs> it breathes. <laughs> it breathes. <laughs> it breathes about like a freaking Ziploc bag. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my god, all right. What else do you have on, on yeah. your notes? Here? All right, well, yeah. All you, right. you haven't even asked your two questions yet. Yeah. Oh, no, I think we glazed right off. Like, one of them was how AG made it from not fixing reels at the basketball <laughs> shop to this career, but I think we got that answered. It's a series Through. of bad decisions <laughs> that culminated in me being the police. Okay. <laughs> Next. 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 <laughs> this um, is easy. Yeah, if you no. would have asked these initially, it would have been done an hour yeah. and a half ago. No, yeah, I just, there was sure. a gap there, but no, it was filled. <laughs> so good. Um, no, those are my only questions. Oh, that was just a, the naming of the episode, Liquor, Guns, and Ammo. It's so that's good. it. So that's that that sign, it. if you Google that sign, it's it's a thing. I wish I had that okay. sign. Now, shout out to uh, Crane's Country Store in Montgomery County as well. It's uh, <laughs> Bullets, Bridges, and Bologna. <laughs> and that's my favorite place to stop. If, I can, if I'm ever within like a 100-mile radius of that store, also, I'm pulling in I did have this pull up, pulled up about Sam, Sam Adams. So it is, it's got notes of caramel toffee and a distinct noble hop character, but... It says it's vegan friendly, so I'm gonna say that there's not actual butter. Well, AG's a vegan. One hundred percent vegan. One hundred percent vegan. If anyone's know. a vegan, it's AG. Cut it off right there. Don't let them have a rebuttal. <laughs> I won't be accused of veganism. <laughs> so I don't have an at exact all. I don't even know what veganism is, but I don't like it. Hey, what's do you know what what's TikTok? Huh? <laughs> What's TikTok? It's the internet thing that the kids watch. <laughs> we should just hit, people, hit them with like, send me, like... People send me the TikToks and I laugh and everything's fine. But here's the deal. If we don't recognize and understand the f- threat that the Chinese communist <laughs> government is to us, Sucking we're out of our mind. I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> Hey, you just better start. You just better start freaking learning Mandarin right now. Watch, watch the TikTok and learn Mandarin. If Patrick or don't. taught us anything, that Red Dawn is a. That's true. That's right. Come, it all swings back to Patrick Swayze. Change the episode to Patrick Swayze. <laughs> He's just so Swayze crazy. Swayze crazy. 
She can probably sit still over there thinking about Roadhouse. So Patrick Swayze is a good-looking cat. He died to death because that's what happens to people. Yeah. That's you true. It'll be fine. Severe cancer. <laughs> or it won't. I'm pretty sure now. Is Patrick. there such thing as non-severe cancer? Well, there's... I, I mean, there's like skin cancer. Stages of the cancer. Severe. I'm pretty sure that now I know that AG's wife, Shitney, was crazy for Swayze. <laughs> she is. And that he's a vegan. That AG had something to do with his death. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's the one death we can't say he didn't have something yeah, to do with. We cannot no disclaim. No, no, no disclaimer there. He's just drinking a Sam Adams is full of they got veganism. I don't care what the vegans say. And I don't care what the internet says. <laughs> when I taste it, I taste notes of butter, awesomeness, and America. <laughs> and more butter. And notes. more butter. <laughs> notes of butter. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> well. <laughs> so is the liquor, guns, and ammo sign in Shakespeare's pizza now? Yes, it is. Yeah. Is it yellow? That's yep. it. That's the sign. Is that in Springfield? Yeah. Where's that at? No, no it's in, in Columbia. It's in Columbia, Columbia, but now it's in Shakespeare's pizza. Right. That needs to be on the sign. Yeah. On the sign. It is on the sign. It's literally on the podcast. Yeah, hey, make that the, the little, like, thing. Is, the it intro. Man, it was the so thing. good that that yeah. sign. Here, I saved the image. It's saved. That store was, like, it was just... Americana. It literally was Americana. Yeah, you had like it was a pe- it was a guess like you had freaking heaters col- in the back. You had college dropouts working there. Damn. Not fixing Just fishing poles. Not fixing fishing poles. <laughs> taking I gave away taking the customers yeah. out on fishing dates. Tom will kill me if you ever I gave away more freaking <laughs> minnows. <laughs> Gonna die anyway. People would come in and be like, I want a dozen minnows. And I was like, here's 50. This <laughs> <laughs> guy, like, the guy working at McDonald's, gives you 13 nuggets. I was that guy. Oh, yeah. right? I was that guy. Because I didn't care, and I was drinking pretty heavily at the time. And I was really just giving away minnows. Sam Adams? Butter, no. The buttery, delicious American. At that time, Bud Light, was, Bud Light was a thing. Was man. not... Bud Light was straight at the You were in college. How in the world were you drinking Bud Light? Yeah, no, geez. actually, what we were drinking was, I was Keystone drink- Ice. Yeah, so look, the Keystone. You used, to get, you used to be able to get 30 Keystones for 10 bones. It was 30 stones for Stone. 10 bones. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, but only outside the city limits of Columbia. So we would get outside of the city limits, get all hopped up on the beers, and then go back into town, and the craziness would freaking happen. Give away minnows. I'm not Keystone kidding. Ice, Keystone Light, and Keystone Regular. 30 stones for 10 bones. Yeah, ain't nothing smoother than Keystone. No, I know, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy that would get me beer that was in just a white can that had the beer. Yeah, beer. It's coming from Texas. It. it was terrible. But yeah, it's horrible. We drank it. It's absolutely terrible. Terrible. We drank beer. We were on a cross-country practice run, so we just ran around this country block, which was like three miles. We you were in cross-country? Yeah. That's surprised. Yeah, we found this bo- this bottle of His beer. No graduating label on class it. was 22 people. He did in all the sports. In a <laughs> ditch. In... In a ditch, like just hot, oh, and we just picked it up and drank it. Of course, we used to just, buy. Yeah, beer. it was probably pissed. We used to buy honest. their beer that we'd pick up in a ditch. You would what? We'd buy it, and the guy we bought it from. Oh, we'd pick it up. Yeah, put it and, in the ditch and pick and it up. So it was a real scam. It was a pyramid scheme. But they would. <laughs> we'd buy like thirty beers, and there would be like twenty-four beers in there, and the and the case would be taped up. Yeah. Right, they tape it with duct tape, uh-huh. throw it in a ditch, and we'd go out in the ditch and yeah. get it. And yeah, drink I worked it. at a campground, like, in college, and we would fish the full ones out. There were several empties, but usually every, there's like a, you know, five to one ratio, you get a full one. 
One full, one to five empties. It was a pretty good ratio. Sure. We just bad. threw them in a bucket, and there's a whole smattering of full Sweet, beers. you're getting way off topic. Sorry. I can't believe you're... I thought we were talking about good deals. We have been, hey, myself, AG, and Greg have been nothing. Where does SME come from? So SME is a, stands for subject matter expert, and it's in nothing but this guy and Googling. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's it. Ask her a question. She so pointed out to me earlier tonight that SME... Was the second hand man right. woman in this right hand man right hand man uh, to Captain Hook? Oh, Ooh. and Google. so I thought maybe the, that because if you, if you consider yourself to be the king pirate, yeah. she is like the I, yeah. Let's look that up. Yeah, I'm looking it up. The, the I, brains uh-huh. behind the hook. I don't I mind remember that. She now. is the brains. Yeah. I don't mind that. Which I don't remember that. Is that makes really a lot of sense. That oh, makes, this is me. <laughs> That's you. And that's me? Let me see. Mr. Smee. Yeah, M-S-S-M-E-E. Sure enough. Why did it have to be Mrs. Smee? Because this is... Yeah. It's 2023. So the movie Hook... Right. This is like... Right. Look at this headline. Yeah, that's you. Well, but look at the headline. Hook Smee's secret sex addiction. See, there you go. See? I know I named her. Yeah. For that reason. That's, she's that's, got problems. That's from the movie hook, not from the She's got problems. Animated. That's what Shitty was getting at. Alright, Smee, before you took this cast way off the rails, yeah, which I can't me, help but feel it's your fault. I cannot help but feel it's that. It's me all the way. Alright, let's do the last. You ready for the last one? Yeah, the last final segment. thoughts. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, and I got like a bunch more questions, but it's going to go deep. So here's my question. And we'll make it quick. AG, for, there's no way you're making it too quick. No, I'll make it hey, quick. you can do it again? Get a bell and you can ring the bell and I'll stop talking. Okay. You ready for this? Send it. This one's deep. This one affected me. This goes way back like an hour and a half or probably an hour ago. How do you... How long have we been doing this? Two minutes. An hour and 54 minutes. That's almost two hours. <laughs> Check the math. No, I want to keep this. Are you going to do it again? Do well, what again? This. Oh, good luck. Shitney, will he do it again? Okay. Good luck pinning him down. Uh, Ask the question. We can break this up into two parts. Okay. I'm a very busy man. What? All right. So here's the thing. I think we, we downplay cops and their home life. Okay. And I've been a victim of this, hmm. of letting my home life slip because of the job. And I've caught myself doing it. And so what advice or how do you uh, keep from keeping your home life from slipping or what advice do you have from young cops before they let that happen? Is that me or him? That's if, both of you. If my wife was in the room, she would say, you do a terrible job at it, but I love you anyway. Right. Yeah. That's the true story. You find a woman who recognizes that it is a lifestyle and that she is going to live the lifestyle with you. And your wife... She really, you call me, your wife is amazing. I think she is. And she's amazing because she recognizes, and when she got, and it's, like, and I do think getting involved with with your spouse or going through it with them right from the very beginning or marrying them after they're already in it, you, you learn to live the lifestyle. But Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a partnership and you have to, you have to understand that it's it's different for you than it's going to be for other people. I think it's so tough to be the spouse on the other end because we know the stupid stuff that we're doing. And we feel confident and we know the plan about Everything's the fine. There's just so much unknown 
that the the spouse isn't aware of that is difficult to understand is are, are we safe and we are we in harm's way are we safe or whatever but i think uh man that's a that's a recipe i'm still working on honestly mm-hmm. because i'm constantly making sure gauging my wife to make sure that she's she's cool with how things are going like i'm i'm gone for a week there was one year of my career that i was gone a, a total of over five months away from the house. That's almost half a year. I was looking at that. I t- did the math. It's five twelfths. That is five twelfths of the year. Yeah, I did the math on that. He's right. Carry the denominator. But that's really that's a huge strain on a family. And then then you look at the the mind viruses that go into your kids. On top mm-hmm. of that, it's like I'm seeing all this stuff in the news. And then like, you know, I hope my daughter doesn't listen to this anytime soon but we found her diary at one point in time between 2014 and 2021 and there were several mentions in there of what all those events were doing to her little psyche Mm -hmm. it was crushing to me to think you know your dad's been called a racist you know your dad's been called a baby killer your dad's been called all these other terrible things when what she knows of me is that I'm out there trying to do the best that I can to help people. Mm-hmm. And it's to hear that in the house and then see this on the news, such a conflict and just a, it's a brain wreck that goes on in them. And we were talking about today, you know, when we have these, we've mm-hmm. raised these daughters who um, are awesome little human beings. You are like, how did the hell did this happen? Because it, 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 it was, because of our spouses to help us pull this off that these kids are well adjusted you know not just caving into the anti-cop rhetoric and stuff like that I, I ran with that but I'm sure you've got some insight on you know, how, how do you how do you balance this work-life balance on what what's a passion with also making sure that you're taking care of your home life you, you is that the question? That is the that is the question. Stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Well. At the end of the day, and I'm not I'm not talking about you necessarily, but no. Like a good friend of ours who you know, you don't know him, but um, students a special operations dude in the military, and he goes on six month deployments with no like there's no end in sight, right? And sometimes it's like two or three weeks and you're gone and blah, 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 this and there. So what I would teach you at the academy is that, you know, cops love to say, um, yeah, I got a bad back and I got this and I got that and these are the problems and woe is me. And we live in a world, I don't want to say that, but it, it drives me nuts to see people that are looking to be victims of anything. And we can, we can say to ourselves, man, my back is bad because of this. And then... You know, we look at our, I mean, I give firefighters a, a freaking, you know, a bad run, but we, as the cops, carry 20 pounds of gear on us, mm-hmm. eight hours a day. Firefighters are carrying literally 50 or 60 pounds of gear on them, right, going into fires. So, I just, I don't feel sorry for cops. I don't feel sorry for myself. Like, there's no place in what we're trying to build and what our industry or what our profession is for self-pity. 
I don't I don't disregard what you're saying at all. But the point is, is that you can always look at something and go, yeah, woe is me, and my wife and my kids suffer because of this. Instead of going, hey, home time is home time. So to answer your question, work time is work time, and I think we do a horrible job as an agency of that, and 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 and, and going that hey, when I'm at work, you own me, and I'm okay with that. But when I'm at home, you don't. And when I'm at home, I'm at home. And that's their time. Yeah. Um, but, like, as a, as a broader sense of that, it is that we want to tell people this is how hard our job is. And is there things about our job that's hard? Absolutely. But I don't need to, I don't need to sell to anybody how hard my job is to try to freaking garner any kind of um, pity yeah. for me or our profession. That just makes us... That's weak. It's just weak. Mm-hmm. I don't need to tell people how hard being a police officer is. If you want to freaking realize how hard being a police officer is, be a freaking police officer, right? Um, I'm just... I, I just really... I struggle with that. And so, you know, what I used to tell people and what I, what I firmly believe is, is we don't... Pray for lighter loads. We work for stronger backs. Yeah. We don't think, I wish it was easier. What I do is you go, hey, it's a hard job, but it's a noble job. What we do is noble. I, I believe that to my core. And so if that's the case, if it's noble, then I don't need anybody to ever feel pity for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You'll never find my breaking point. You'll never find our collectively breaking point. We'll work and we'll do the job. And we won't complain about it. And then when we get home, we'll, we'll, then that's, you know, it's a, it's a transition to that. And the guy that I'm talking about, which I think you know who I'm mm-hmm. talking about, he exudes that in his lifestyle. I mean, sure. this guy does freaking combat deployments time after time after time. And he's probably the best family man I've ever met. And he is a, he's a, a person that I look up to in the sense that when he gets home, he's a dad. And he's a spouse, right? And that's his job. And he gives 100% to that. And then when he goes to war, he's a freaking war fighter. And he gives 100% to that. And that line is absolutely razor sharp, right? It's like, I'm either doing this or I'm doing that. Now, those things, of course, carry over. But, um, I don't know. I, I think we do a really good job at, uh, I don't know if good is the right word, but I just get tired of us complaining about the hardships we face when I go, you know what, the guy that's freaking delivering packages at UPS, he's got it hard too. Right. He's cold, he's wet, he's tired, his back hurts. He doesn't face the same challenges as we do, but my challenges aren't any greater than his. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I like that, <clears throat> and uh, what both of you guys said kind of struck a nerve with me. And um, you know, talking to the young guys, I'm going to say this because I found myself doing this. Stop being selfish. Yeah, uh, I was selfish because all I wanted to do was a restaurant. A restaurant. That's all I thought of. My problem was, <laughs> I mean, and you guys know how it is. You you arrest a drunk at 3 a.m. You're out till let's say now it's a search warrant. Now it's a blood draw. You got to go to the hospital. You're out till five six in the morning. Right. right catch another one on the way home heck maybe 9 a.m. for you get home i wouldn't take the time so we're talking 15 seconds to send a text message i'm okay i'm just late 
And looking back, not just now, but now it kind of triggers that, I guess. How selfish was that for me to not send one text message? Sure. When mm. the wife's at home and wakes up at six and I'm not sitting there. So I guess my advice, not that this was the question to myself, but stop being selfish, <clears throat> excuse me, and take the time to let that person know you're okay. And I'm going to also go off of what AG said. I'm a huge Jim Rohn fan. I don't know if you guys have ever heard his speeches or anything. Yeah, but sure. I love Jim Rohn. And there's some, a lot of research that supports this, but it's when you're there, be there. And what I mean by that is when you're at home, be at home. Right. And I'm sure, I know, not even I'm sure, I know you two take these calls. You're at home with your kids. Someone sends you a text, can you call me? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I fall into that routine of, oh, I call them immediately. Wait a second. I'm playing Barbies with my little girl, and she, we just got her a new camper, and she's pushing Barbies down the slide, right? That's more important at that moment. Sure. And so that's my thing is, you know, stop being selfish. Take care of what, I don't say what matters because everything, uh, the other stuff matters too, but when you're at home, be at home. And there's a really good article I read that said it's not really the, the quantity. I'm not saying don't spend time with your kids. It's not the quantity of time you spend. It's the quality of time. So, Yeah, being present. Yeah, you could be there as much as you want, but if it's not quality, good time, doesn't matter. But if you're there less and it's quality time, that's what matters. So yeah. that kind of is what you know, sticks in my crawl. But. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Anyway, all right. Smee, anything else? I didn't realize I had anything. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? No, for final thoughts, sir. Yeah, let's move into yeah, let's move into our last ones. Two hours, five minutes, and that was deep, man. I started nerve with me, by the way. So yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. So final thoughts. So I'll go. Let's go, Smee first, because we're gentlemen here, yeah. even though we have her sitting on the floor, we're sitting on comfortable <laughs> couches. And then I'll go, and then let the guests have uh, last dibs at final thoughts. So okay. final thoughts is basically you can say whatever you want, no interruptions. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And mm-hmm. I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> AG's got just crushing another beer, just shotgunning one over there. Yeah, so it's me. What do you got? Drink. No, as as expected. I didn't, with, especially with these two guests, I didn't expect to talk a lot, and I didn't. So I just enjoyed listening and hearing their stories. There was a lot of I didn't know a lot of AG's background and. Haven't seen Greg in a long time, so I enjoy hearing their perspectives, and I I enjoyed hearing some of their SWAT time together. So I just listened, basically. That's all I did. Took some notes, listened. Where do those notes go, by the way? <laughs> Straight go, to the federal yeah. government. Mm-hmm. I noticed you were freaking <laughs> scribbling like yeah. Hey, send those like a stenographer right over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, verbatim, word for word, everything okay. is here. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, they just they just. Stay right here in this well, notebook, honestly. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> We're going to TikTok. Yeah, actually, this whole thing is straight was, to the Chinese government. live on TikTok right now. If so. you all don't recognize, Steve Earle said, which is legit, <laughs> just because you're not freaking paranoid, don't they mean they ain't out to get you. And that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. this, guy, this guy wrote Copperhead Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is gold. That one of the is American greatest songs gold. ever written. Hey, were you with me on that shooting in 2005? <laughs> Which one? In Saline County. It, so the guy's like, we're like, we get in this officer involved shooting, the guy does, and he lives. And uh, he's like, we're like, why were you sleeping with an AK 47 <laughs> strapped on you? And he's like, because I thought people were outside my house. And he looks at all of us and he goes, and they were. And they were. <laughs> and he was right. It wasn't wrong. It <laughs> wasn't, wasn't wrong, wrong. man. I, I, I interviewed a guy who had an explosive. And I was like, hey, dude, why, this guy lives in a, literally a cab. It's, it's horrible. Like, it's a horrible deal. He's a veteran. Came home from from 
the wharves and he bought a piece of property and he builds a freaking homemade cabin on a piece of property that he is essentially leasing to own. This could be us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do I get that? Yeah, I think that's and, kind of uh, my situation right No now. electricity. Like, he's built this cabin off of basically donations of other people that are building houses and stuff, and he's built it. And he's got an explosive device on him. So I'm, so I'm interviewing him. I'm sitting there in a cave, by the way. And so I'm talking to this guy, and I'm like, hey, man, why do you got a, why do you got a bomb on you? Why do you carry a bomb? And, he, and, of course, he's got a military background, and he goes, and he looks at me, no shit, and he goes, man... I live in a cabin by myself with no electricity. I just want a grenade. And I'm looking at this guy going, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, me and you are on different paths, but like, we, like, it was You're almost still like a reasonable we, person. Yeah, it was yeah like I understand the logic. Bump, I get it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Respect, I get man. it. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, so I, I just enjoyed listening. That was my final thought. That's it? Yep. I, I want to hear more. So, yeah. Do it again. All right. I always put people on the spot. You gonna do it again, dude? Me? Hang on. Let me talk to your manager. Shit, is he gonna do it again? You know he's gonna do it again. Booyah! All right. Awesome. Have some butter beer. Yeah. <laughs> there's butter in freaking Sam Adams. <laughs> We've proven there's not, but we're gonna just say there is. So, Greg, awesome. Uh, Ag, awesome. Um, I appreciate you guys doing it. Not for me. I appreciate you doing it because of the people that listen to it are typically our younger generation of uh coppers and they're right now they're hurting um they're looking for uh, morale boost they're looking for something to work towards and you guys provide that insight whether you admit it or not you do and i've seen that from both of you i feed off of your energy and i appreciate what you guys bring to the profession and that you guys took the time to deliver your messages to not only myself and the smitty but to uh, the younger uh, coppers or, you know, older coppers, whatever it is, out there listening, looking for something to work towards. So I just appreciate you guys being here. So. That's super nice to say, man. I'm going to let AG have the last word, so I'll go next. I so don't, I don't have any last words. I love I love what you guys do. I love that it's a, every time I listen, it's a message that gets carried that, you know, I think, talks about how important our job is. We laugh about the tough times, but we... We also bear down and say that we can we can push through all this stuff too. I think that's a great message. And for me, just what I'm going to leave with is conquer the three C's in your career, and you'll never conquer them. You just got to retire trying to get better at them. It's case law. Make sure you freaking know it and stay up on it. Communication. That means communication with coworkers, your family. Um, you know how you write reports. You got to master that. And then control. And when control, when I say control, sounds like I'm talking about like controlling others. No, I'm first off control yourself, discipline. Make sure you have your gear in order. Make sure you understand uh, what it is you can and can't do. Uh, and then learn learn grappling. You know, learn how to control other people so we don't take a, a person's bad day and make it permanent because you don't know how to control somebody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I say grappling is a physical continuation of de-escalation efforts. Learn how to do it. Doesn't take much time to learn how to do it, and uh, makes you wicked effective out there. So, go learn those things, and you're gonna have a wickedly wildly successful career. I wish I'd done all that stuff that I just said so much earlier in my career. It's compounding interest. Uh, it's awesome. Off to you, AG. I can't wait to hear what you. Yeah, this say. is gonna be good. I don't have any <laughs> last words. You gotta have some sort of last words. Anything. 
Yeah. I think about this. The young people that you've taught that are out there right now hurting mentally, what's your message to them? Why are they hurting mentally? Uh, I think we're looking, I think a lot of, from talking to them, and I'm going to use myself, not even just talking to them, uh, sometimes we lose sight of our purpose and what we want to do. And I question myself, <clears throat> and a lot of younger guys and, or newer cops do as well, what are we doing this for? And I'm not trying to be a, you know, a wine bag or whatever, but if you don't have a purpose and something you're working towards, you're kind of just lost and you don't know what to do. So I, I guess you know, my question to you is, or, or your final thought, do you have any sort of advice or anything you want to say to those guys who, are mainly, who maybe are lost and needing something? There's the door. There's the door. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, is like, again, if we don't, if if we have a hard time finding purpose, in all seriousness, maybe that's time to go somewhere else. We don't want people that need constant validation. I don't think. I mean, Seriously. we need people that are resilient to the nth degree, to no end, mm -hmm. right? That's the fight that we're that I think that we're in, and um, you know I I don't I've never disparaged anybody that came into this profession from a recruit standpoint or or on that went and, and said to them so bless you that went and said I this isn't for me and I go someplace I've never disparaged anybody from that it's it's not for everybody and um, I don't. I think there's something to be said for hiring and retaining the type of people that don't have a breaking point. That's the people that I want to work with. That's the people that I think I've worked with and I want to continue to work with. And I'm not saying that we're, you know, I'm not saying we cut bait with, with people that, that don't need some push because I've been at that point in my career where I think of, you know, some people that have kind of gone whatever. But, I mean, I've never got to the point where I felt like, all right, this is my breaking point so far. And uh, that's the kind of resilience, like that's that's the spirit I think of American law enforcement, is that you do not have a breaking point. You do good, hundred percent of the time, all the time, without support. And it'll ebb and flow, right? The people that came before us in the '60s and the '70s, and they're like, "Oh, this is horrible," and this, that, and the other. There'll be times where it'll be bad, also. But um, I don't know. I think I think we. I want to work with the people that don't need challenging. I want to work with the people that go, oh, "You challenge me mm -hmm. to be better." Right? Yeah. That's their attitude. They come to work every day and they go, "Hey, man, I want you to make sure that you tell me how important I am to stick around." Versus to come together to go, "Hey, man, tomorrow yesterday sucked, and today I'm going to work to make tomorrow better." Right? Yeah, I I think mm -hmm. I'm looking at it like, hey. Um, I recently had some pats on the back. We're talking about that, you know, that, that case we were talking about. But it's, nobody recognized that case at all. You've got to find the internal, the intrinsic motor that you can feed gas to that says this, I'm going to keep doing this. Right. Because if we constantly look for the external validation of what we're doing, right. we're going to always be disappointed. And 100% so we, of the time. And if I can say, if I can generate that, that within myself, and you know, surround yourself with those people too. And if you don't have those people around you, change your group. Yes. And and, and to start with, be that person that is that yeah. person, so that's 
because culture is contagious and that's why I surround myself with with the people I'm sitting here with right now is because they're the type of people that are, are, are going to continue to help me improve myself, find that intrinsic motivation to keep doing the things that we're doing that are wildly important that are not measurable. I would love to be the guy that stops Timothy McVeigh southbound on I-35 before he ever committed that Oklahoma City bombing incident. Nobody knows my name. Nobody dies. It's just another traffic stop. I would love to be able to just be like, man, I don't know how many lives I saved that day, but it was a shit ton. And nobody knows my name. Perfect world for me. All right. Perfect world for me. And then I get to go home and play with my wife and kids. So find that intrinsic motivation. You've got to find it in yourself. If you're sitting there thinking and complaining about this, that, and the other, I really think it's you like, until you take care of yourself first and recognize where you can improve and what you can do to improve your position, I don't think we need to be looking about, you know, who my command staff is or whatever at this point in time until I start trying to fix my own freaking problems. And once I realize that myself, I mean, like, I'll say the guy's name here. Mike Petlansky yep. told me one time when we were three-year troopers or officers, hey, man, have you noticed that you complain a lot? And I heard that out of his mouth, and I never complained again. Yeah, he's a good dude. And I was like, that changed my whole mindset. And so then that hopefully, you know, that, that was his attitude. I adopted it. It's my attitude. And I hope that it spread on to other people, too, that I can take care of my own problems and, and make my life better if I just take charge of it. Uh, for myself and not worry about you know who my sergeant is who my lieutenant is or who the colonel the governor the president is if i can take care of that stuff on my own and have that intrinsic motivation i'm going to be 100 percent good to go as long as my i come home my wife and kids still love me is that what you're saying <laughs> is that what you're saying i think that's sure. exactly what he said yes <laughs> yeah. within within your sphere of control like what is it you, like what do you have influence over? It's only going to be. You. How can you, you know, how can you make things better? Yeah. And it came down to me, especially when I was at the academy. To, to your point, is am I going to make a person's life safer today or not? And that's what it came down to. And the harder things get, the more I think you you have to focus on that, like on an individual level, for mm -hmm. me at least. And I go, okay. Like, yeah, things suck outside of this, but this is my job. And these people are going to graduate in six months or four months or three months or next week. And they're going to go out and they're going to do this job. And um, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell a wife or a husband that, uh, you know, had I done this and had I had I applied myself more, your spouse would have potentially lived through the, what they didn't live through, right? And so it's like, okay, that's it. That's the job, serving other people. And I served other people for a while in an external standpoint, and then I internally served other people in the academy, which you're doing now, which, by the way, you don't get enough credit for, I mean this wholeheartedly, for what you do and the way you do it at the academy, which is revolutionary. And I, and I don't, I've never, I don't think I've ever actually used that word with regards to how people do their job, but it's revolutionary what you do and how you do it. And uh, and so it's like, man, people walk away from you, people walk from your classes and they go, I'm changed, I'm motivated, 
and I'm changed and I'm equipped to do my job. And what, I mean, that's the job of a teacher, right? Without the motivation, by the way, because a teacher's there to transport knowledge, not necessarily to get motivated to do their job. They walk away from it and they go, man, I want to be what this person is, right? That's important. I guess that's my final thought, if there is such a thing as a final thought. True. Is there a final thought? Or more final thoughts? Like like we're right. just actually going to leave. We'll leave. We'll leave the mic here. Turn the lights off. Get your hey, you in I'll, I'll just keep talking, first man. Oh. <laughs> so long as you first keep putting freaking butterbeer butter in, in his mouth. <laughs> just pouring <laughs> butterbeer down his throat. Oh, so good. Hey, what about the audience? Do they have any final thoughts? Shitney? The unknown person who's been sitting here the whole time? No? I know, but I really do appreciate you guys being here. Um, I find it motivating, and I hope you guys uh, do it again, because I know I can't wait for this episode to drop. In fact, I want to move it up, but I know Smee's got a timeline that I probably can't. Uh, it's, it's all flexible. Yeah, I just want to pump it out what right now. And what is time? That's the next question. So what is time? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but we'll cut it off here at, uh, gee whiz, two hours and 22 minutes. So. Yeah, that should, that should do it. Uh, do yeah, it. but no, I want to do it again. I, I thank you guys for everything that you do, and I mean that. You guys are motivators to me and mentors to me, whether you know it or not, and a lot of uh, people out there. So uh, keep doing what you're doing and drinking that butter beer, I guess, and building those dog chairs. So good. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, so everybody, thanks for listening, um, taking the time out of your whatever shift, whatever it is, to listen to us. I appreciate it. Whether you're city, county, highway, whatever it is, keep grinding, stay safe, and peace. It's me. That's showbiz, baby.